This is the intersection. The intersection. This is the Intersection Podcast, recorded Wednesday, the 12th of July, 2017. Episode 18, Panic Stations. The Intersection Podcast is only made possible through the support of its listeners and sponsors. If you have a product or service that you feel may appeal to our audience, please contact sponsor at intersectioncast.com. Hello and welcome to The Intersection, the podcast that bridges together the worlds of tech and pop culture. And um, just a welcome back, really. I, um, it feels like I've been away for quite a while. Uh, realistically, I've only been away for just over a week, but um, I spent that week uh, having an early summer vacation in New York. Uh, so I feel refreshed and raring to go again. Um, during my trip to New York, um, I, I did see a couple of things of interest, actually, with regards to... Uh, uh, certainly with regards to tech, um, I came across my f- my first Microsoft store on uh, Fifth Avenue. So this is my first experience of Microsoft's, well, I hate to say it, version of the Apple store. And indeed, it does resemble an Apple store. Uh, everything from the, um, the, the very sort of a clean layout, um, the wooden benches, um, you know, you, the, the freedom to just pick up a, a device, in this case, mainly the Surface devices, and just play. And, the, and even down to the staff who uh, dress suspiciously like uh, geniuses, um, it is very much a clone of an Apple store. Um, and I found that quite an amusing experience, actually. Um, another thing I got to check out uh, was actually in a legitimate Apple store in um, New York. I, I went to the flagship stores, the one in uh, Grand Central and the one on Fifth Avenue. Um, and I got to play around with one of the new iPads, um, one of the new iPad Pros. Now, um, the new iPad Pro um, has a larger screen. Uh, it's a 10.5 inch screen. And um, I got to play around with it. It wasn't um, immediately clear um, to me that um, it had a larger screen. It didn't quite feel, you know, I, I didn't notice that straight away after picking one up. Um, but only when you sort of compare it side by side to the previous uh, generation iPad Pro, uh, the 9.7 inch one, uh, you do notice the difference. I mean, the screen is mainly wider due to the reduction of the um, the bezels. Um, but uh, that wasn't actually the most, the screen size wasn't actually the most important impressive thing um, about the new iPad Pro. What impressed me the most was the uh, the screen quality, uh, basically the refresh rate. And this is a feature, as I mentioned before, that Apple call ProMotion. Um, and um, ProMotion essentially is uh, an increased uh, refresh rate in the screen, um, which now runs at 120 hertz. And so not only does that give you um, greater accuracy when using um, um, a device such as the Apple Pencil, but it, um, it you know, in, in, in realistic terms, it makes everything look buttery smooth. I mean, the scrolling is 
so unbelievably smooth in the, in the screen to the point where, where, you know, if you're doing a quick scroll, you know, just flicking the screen with your finger, you can still read the contents of a page, a web page, for example. Um, it just seems bright, smoother, a much nicer experience. And, you know, I didn't think there was much um, new about the iPad Pro update, but it actually, ProMotion enough, is um, uh, makes the previous generation iPad Pro, the one that I have, the 9.7 inch, seem really dated. Um, it's a beautiful device. Um, I think Apple have hit the sweet spot in terms of the screen size. I, I always felt that the... Uh, the 12-inch iPad Pro was a little bit too cumbersome, but obviously, you know, your use case may vary. Um, and I just think they've, they've got a, a really nice device with this this new one. And um, if you are an iPad Pro owner, if you're an owner of the 9.7-inch one, uh, I'd probably advise you not to really play around with the um, the 10.5 too quickly because it'll actually make you consider... Ooh, upgrading dare I say it um but I, I didn't bite I didn't give in um you know I, I managed to um resist temptation for now but it's definitely definitely a nice device now, those of you who like to do a spot of online shopping may um, still be in recovery from Amazon's Prime Day. Um, as you know, Amazon um, have a special um, shopping event, which they hold. It's a one day only event. They hold once a year um, and it's exclusively for Prime members. And Prime Day uh, this year fell on July the 10th, uh, started at 6 p.m., uh, continued through to July the 11th and finished um, just about a minute before midnight night um and um prime day you normally find some fantastic deals on all manner of items we're talking about from fashion to to technology etc um to, you know to to music and video um and amazon do it as um i mean i'm not sure if it's a loss leader type event i'm, I'm, I'm not sure how much money they lose because they, they make a tidy profit on most products but um they draw people to their site to promote the amazon prime service so in order to benefit from from the deals that were made available on Prime Day, you need to be an Amazon Prime member. Otherwise, you're paying full price. Um, the good news is that those who weren't Prime members could take out a free 30-day trial of Prime as long as they haven't done so in the past. But... Um, it was fairly easy to create new email addresses. I'll say no more. But nonetheless, um, it was a good event, actually. Um, there were some very good deals. I mean, some of the better deals um, included um, heavy discounts on their Amazon Echo products. So the main Amazon Echo, which um, normally retails, the full-size one, the speaker normally retails at £149.99, went down to £79.99. Um, the Amazon Echo Dot, which is the, one with um, the the very basic speaker, which really is designed for you to connect to more higher end dedicated speakers, that went down from uh, forty nine ninety nine to thirty four ninety nine. So that's an incredible cheap point of entry. I mean, you had other deals like um, you know. Um, Amazon Dash buttons went down to four ninety nine to try and get you into this sort of uh, 
uh, one touch ordering thing. Um, you had the Kindle Paperwhite that went down to $79.99 and you had the Amazon Fire 7 tablet, which went down to $29.99, which is insane for a brand new tablet. Um, I mean, there was loads of good deals to be had. And those are just the Amazon ones. They even had one, which actually I felt was quite an aggressive one um, in terms of um, dealing with the competition uh, for Amazon um, Music Unlimited. So, you know, if you are an Amazon Prime member, you have um, you automatically have access to about two million um pop songs that you can stream from the catalog um if you upgrade to amazon music unlimited um your that that variety sort of increases to around 40 million apparently um 40 million songs ad free um but that is a, a subscription service that really is there to take on the likes of apple music and to take on the likes of spotify and normally it's 7.99 a month or 79 pounds a year for prime members um if you're not a prime member it's 9.99 a month but on prime day amazon were offering a fantastic deal of four months of amazon music unlimited for 99p yes 99p um and that's insane really um and obviously they're they were doing it because they realized that they were selling the echo products at a really attractive price and the amazon echo um works really well with amazon music you know you just tell the thing to play a song and it will play it so amazon are really aggressively trying to get people um sort of signed up signed into their ecosystem really invested in into their ecosystem um and prime day was brilliant now um did i sort of uh, give in yes i did a little um i picked up uh, mainly a few things for my uh, my my smart home setup or my um you know my emergent smart home setup i'm still still a, a work in progress um i picked up some stuff for my philips hue system um you know crazily i i, was, I always had my eye on the philips hue um, motion uh, motion sensor which i felt would be brilliant for my hue lights in the hallway particularly when the kids get up in the middle of the night use the bathroom or whatever or they just they're just you know around the house um rather than switching lights on and forgetting to switch them off or in the case of the youngest ones um struggling when the light is off the motion uh, the motion sensor will detect um that they're uh, that they're in the room and it will also and so it will switch on any of my hue lights that i tell it to or any of my hue scenes that i tell it to um and this is normally about 40 pounds 35 pounds if you look in the best places 17.99 on prime day insane 17.99 um incidentally enough the philips hue switcher uh which is a physical switch to switch your lights on and off because sometimes people don't use phones or um you know or digital assistants um that went down also to 17.99 um, I mean, there are a number of fantastic Philips Hue bargains. I mean, absolutely brilliant bargains. But um, I tell you what, the best bargain with regards to Philips Hue um, on Prime Day was the starter kit. Now, this starter kit normally um, retails at about £150. This includes the Hue Bridge, which is compatible with Apple HomeKit, and three colour bulbs. Yes, the colour Philips Hue bulbs. Um, um, and this went down to $89.99, which is an insane point of entry. Also, another deal, 
um, the Philips Hue um, color bulb, uh, which is normally retails about 50 quid, went down to 22.49. And that's one that I didn't pick up another one of those, but I'm actually regretting it now because another one of those would have been probably ideal in the kids' room. Um, but um, there were some fantastic, fantastic deals. So the day following the sale, Amazon, uh, surprise, surprise, announced that Prime Day was their biggest Prime Day yet and saw, I think, around a 60% increase in, in sales from um, last year's event. Uh, they also um, uh, released some data, which actually was quite interesting, um, um, sort of uh, confirming what the most popular uh, uh, deals were, the most high selling selling items were in the Prime Day, uh, day sale um, across the globe. And in the UK, the most popular item, um, well, first of all, worldwide, um, the most popular item was was the same. It was the Am it was the Amazon Echo Dot. Um, so a win to Amazon uh, to try and get people invested into their ecosystem. But um, certainly in the UK, at the price of thirty five pounds, the Echo Dot was too irresistible um, to resist. Um, and um, in terms of the other most popular products in the UK, specifically, um, was the Sony PlayStation Four. I believe they had a really good deal on the on the PS Four bundle and uh tp-link wi-fi smart plug now um the smart plug i believe was um on sale for around i think 13.99 or something um like that um it was it was quite a good deal those things normally retail for around 50 quid um and um i looked at that to be quite honest because um i have been after a smart plug for a while um particularly to control my uh my fan that i use in this summer heat um and um, the, I, I did have a look at this one and I, I was quite tempted to snap that up uh, on Amazon's deal. But the problem was that it is not HomeKit compatible. So um, the smart plug is useful in the sense that you can use a dedicated app, uh, which you can download from uh, the App Store, the Google Play Store and control the, the, um, the device. But it won't integrate nicely in, into your HomeKit setup. It is, however, um, compatible with um, Alexa um, and on, on the Amazon Echo and then the other Amazon um, smart products. Uh, so therefore, I guess it was a good companion uh, device uh, for all of those Echoes that were sold uh, during the event. Now, uh, in a nice segue, um, the uh, the Amazon Echo, uh, as you know, it's a it's a smart um, it's a smart speaker. Um, it is a digital um, a virtual assistant. I mean, there are many things you can call it. Um, um, voice activated smart speaker is what rolls off the tongue a little bit more easily uh, but nonetheless the thing is powered uh, by uh, artificial intelligence in the case of amazon they use a lot of data um, a lot of data comes from your own amazon account comes from your taste uh, comes from uh, your profile your previous um, purchase history uh, with amazon um, google have a similar product the google home and and google have a lot of data on us as individuals we're signed up to all manner of Google services um, and Google, you know, services such as Gmail are constantly monitoring, um, you know, our information now, our conversations, our exchanges with friends and, and, and colleagues. Um, and 
so you know it, those, those services learn a lot about us and they use their artificial intelligence uh in a way to power to power their um their their digital um home assistant products and we spoke about apple's entry into um into this market in our previous episode the apple announced the home pod so the home pod is a smart speaker a digital assistant um powered by siri Apple's approach was to push it as primarily a music device. Um, it will integrate nicely with the Apple Music service and it will have high quality speakers. Um, so it seems that they're more after Sonos than uh, the likes of Amazon. Uh, but nonetheless, so Apple are pretty late to this party. Um, and so Amazon led the way and Google followed and then Apple are coming along next. So it should be of absolutely no surprise at all that Samsung... Um, have indicated that they are they too are, are joining in on this um, and surprise surprise they're developing their own uh, voice activated smart speaker um, incorporating their new Bixby virtual assistant now what's curious is that Samsung have waited um, not, not 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 after Amazon released their product not, not after Google have released their product but rather yet again they're taking the direction from Apple um, if Apple does something Samsung want to do it too except Samsung want to rush it out bring out a lot quicker claim that they were innovative and they had the idea first uh, from you know after rushing it to market and generally it's inferior to apple's um you know to a apple's um imp implementation and yes i'll get a lot of criticism for these comments but you know we, we we can't ignore the fact that samsung does seem to take all of its cues from apple and what apple are up to and that's a shame because like i said um you know there's some talented guys at samsung and they do um manufacture some nice nice pieces of technology um they just need some uh, original ideas but nonetheless uh, their own bixby speaker um will be um on the way we don't have a a, a, a time frame or a specific uh, release date yet but we know that it's on its way and well the interesting thing about this is that you know i, I find it hard to believe that samsung are again taking the me too approach when it comes to what apple are doing um, are eager to let everyone know that their Bixby speaker is a lot, is on the way, and not only is it, is, is it on the way as a dedicated um, um, smart speaker or audio speaker, um, they claim that Bixby will be gradually applied to all of their appliances. So, in their words, in future you'll be able to control your air conditioner or TV through Bixby. Um, since Bixby will be implemented into the cloud, as long as the device has an internet connection and simple circuitry to receive voice input, it will be able to connect with Bixby. Now, I think Samsung need to get their 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 their, their stuff together uh, concerning Bixby before having these grand ideas, and certainly before releasing a standalone speaker. Um, Bixby hasn't done very well with the Galaxy S8. Um, Bixby. Uh, out of the box was um, a, a digital assistant uh, who could only um, sort of uh, take um, receive uh, text commands. You know, you type in a question for Bixby and Bixby responds. Um, you can voice commands um, haven't actually been rolled out yet, or rather, Bixby hasn't got a voice. Um, and it, Samsung have said that this is coming soon to the Galaxy S8 and. To their credit, they have actually rolled out a beta version of the Bixby voice um, and that I believe was offered to uh, mainly uh, S8 users in uh, the United States um, if they've signed up to the beta. 
uh, and, and that was limited in numbers. And the impression I'm getting, I haven't used that personally, but the impression I'm getting is being very unreliable, um, hasn't been very good at all. They are completely inexperienced when it comes to um, this sort of use of software and artificial intelligence. And really, it's too little too late. Um, so I just find it amazing that they have grand plans to, you know, to roll out all these other products with Bixby because Bixby at the moment hasn't really established itself as a reliable or AI with anything new to offer, in fact. And um, I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm not defending Apple, I'm not overly defending Apple because Apple have a lot of work to do as well. Siri is far behind the likes of Alexa, Cortana or, you know, the Google voice service far far behind um but I, I you know it apple were first to the party so have apple have everything to prove and apple have all the resources and all the ideas um to sort siri out and apple have a lot of dedicated um a dedicated fans um a fan base who invest in the apple ecosystem like myself admittedly um I mean, I've been tempted at, with the Amazon Echo, for example, but, you know, what's the point? Um, I, I use Apple Music. I won't be able to play my Apple Music uh, library, my Apple Music service uh, from an Amazon Echo. Um, so that's no good. But which is why the HomePod is interests me and in its early days. But, you know, there's a lot of people waiting for something that, that works nice with Apple services. Samsung, I'm not sure what they're doing. Do Samsung have a music service? I mean, I, you, you guys tell me. I'm, I'm not entirely sure about that. So if that's the case, there is nothing really that this Samsung, uh, Samsung Bixby speaker could possibly do for you that uh, an Amazon Echo couldn't or a Google Home couldn't. In actual fact, if I had a, a Galaxy phone, uh, I was in, you know, invested in the Android ecosystem, I would choose Google all the way. So I'm not sure what they're going to offer. And, and, I, and, and it's curious that they have nothing to show as yet. Um, they certainly don't even have a release date as yet. They literally just have, um, a, you know, a, 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 a quotation from their uh, executive vice president. And... It just seems to me it's just them putting their hands up saying, me too, me too. Um, again, after the world is talking about Apple following the major product announcement. So now we've had uh, yet another week of news stories concerning Apple's forthcoming next generation iPhone. Some are dubbing it the iPhone 8. And um, this is the new, uh, you know, the shiny new uh, new design that we've, we've all been expecting that will also celebrate 10 years of the iPhone. We're expecting an edge-to-edge -edge, uh, OLED display, for example, and, and you know, wireless charging and um, augmented reality and 3D facial scanning and all sorts. Um, and it's really difficult to uh, decide on what story to present to you guys first because, you know, you have one story and 
I'll give you the details and that's absolutely fine. And then I'll report the next story and it contradicts the details of the previous story. Um, the rumours seem to be all over the place and there just seems to be a real sense of chaos concerning this product, this forthcoming product. Um, but perhaps it's the main story that, um, you know, explains exactly what's going on and, 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 and the, the um, you know, the dots uh, uh, seem to be, seems to start to connect. Um Basically, um, an industry bl um, blog, a technology blog called Fast Company, they're, they're quite well known, um, broke a story that there is a sense of panic at Apple at the moment concerning their next generation iPhone and that um, various things are, aren't working too well in terms of the uh, mainly the implementation of its software, um, iOS 11. But it, it's not iOS 11 itself, but it's more to do with uh, the new um, the new features that this 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 phone will have. So some of the key uh, signature functionality uh, that this model will have, and the problems uh, involve actually uh, number one uh, wireless charging. Now apparently uh, the iPhone 8 is going to use uh, inductive charging, much like we've seen for several years on um, Android devices such as Samsung's Galaxy line. Um, I believe uh, that the wireless charging, the cheap wireless charging standard will be used, which is um, it's a standard. Um, and it's a standard that has been used again um, by uh, many other manufacturers, including Samsung. Um, and, um, you know, th this has been evidenced by Apple actually becoming a member of the, uh, the Qi Wireless Consortium. Um, so it's going to be based on Qi or some sort of variant of Qi. Um, and so Qi is, is a proven standard. Um, this is nothing groundbreaking now in terms of technology. Um, so the problem is not the hardware. The problem is the software. It's the, problem, the problem is the phone's implementation of this technology. Apple just aren't satisfied, it seems, with the way um, its phone is working um, with, with this new way of charging. Um, I'm not sure exactly um, what the problem is. Is, um, but it's caused them to go into panic mode, and it, there's there's been rumours um, um, out there saying that the, the wireless charging functionality may not actually be ready on day one because Apple are, are so unsatisfied. They may want to take a little bit of extra time to to iron out the creases and work things out. Now they did a similar thing with the release of the iPhone 7s. Um, did I say 7S? No, 7 Plus. <laughs> they did a similar thing with the release of the iPhone 7 Plus in the um, the portrait mode, um, you know, the bokeh effect uh, portrait mode um, that, that that sort of created um, um, a, a sort of a virtual depth of field effect on your photographs. That wasn't ready on day one. Apple demoed it when they announced the phone, but that certainly wasn't ready for about a month or, or two uh, after the phone was launched. So it seems like the wireless charging may not be ready for prime time either. Now, another bit of news um, related uh, to that is um, um, that the wireless charging, um, the actual wireless charger itself, um, whether that's going to be a puck or a pad or, or whatever, if it is based on Qi charging, will not be included with this 1,000, or alleged 1,000 um, pound plus iPhone 8. Um, now that comes from uh, John Goober, whose blog, uh, who runs the blog Daring Fireball. Now John uh, Goober um, is reputable and John Goober um, has a lot of sources within Apple and his sources say, 
say that um, this um, the wireless charger itself, Apple fully intend to sell that separately. Um, and I guess I mean that doesn't really come as a surprise to me. Um, it, it you know Apple are going to milk it for all it's worth. At the moment, the accessories are quite extortionately priced if you look at some of the the ipad pro accessories just insanely priced um so i'm hoping that this wireless charger is reasonable because you can get a standard chi charger for around 10 pounds or five pounds um and because and because chi's a standard there's a lot of options out there but i would bet my house on it that uh apple um you know somehow um block third-party wireless chargers from from working with their phone it'll be a variant of chi thinking about it now um there's no way they're going to allow people to use those 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 many cheap options out there um and um so um apparently it will be sold separately i mean there's no rumors yet like i said this hasn't even been announced yet um but um you know um there's no um you know rumors about how much this thing will cost but knowing apple they will they will add the apple tax to it um so going back to this whole notion of panic stations at apple so it looks like the chi um wireless charge the uh, wireless charging um is is, is is having issues um oh apple are having issues with it i should say they um so that may be delayed um another problem is is, is with another new feature that is rumored and that is the 3d uh facial um sensor the 3d facial scanning now they are saying that this is going to be a, a, a fantastic new next generation way for users to authenticate themselves on their phone authenticate themselves to you know to unlock the phone um to to make payments perhaps um and some say that apple are you know um this 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 may be um the technology to replace touch id uh the fingerprint sensor and and i'll talk a little bit more about that uh, a little bit later on um but um it's you know it said that Apple have their own problems implementing Touch ID under the screen of the iPhone 8. Um, it's going to have an edge-to-edge display, so there'll be no bezels, there'll be no space for a dedicated Touch ID button. Um, and what Samsung did with the Galaxy S8, they did not figure out a way of how to get the sensor underneath the screen, so they opted to put the fingerprint sensor at the back of the screen. And as I said in, in the last episode, it's in a really awkward place. Um, it, 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 you know, you, you may very well touch the camera lens instead of touching the sensor where you want to unlock the phone. Um, um, and it, you know it, it, it doesn't work very well so many expect apple to figure it out um you know certainly the apple of steve jobs era would have figured this out that the product would not launch without having that resolved but we have rumors that there there's panic at apple and that they haven't quite figured out how to get this to work so therefore they are now going to push um for the um the 3d um sensor to um the 3d facial scanner i should say um to be the main way to authenticate yourself on on the next generation iphone but the problems are with that now um the software again is proven to be unreliable um apple are not satisfied at all apparently um with um the reliability of this thing recognizing the user's face and unlocking the phone um 
Now, I don't know exactly, again, what problems uh, they're having. Um, all we know, the only clues that we have are that uh, they are software-based. Um, and um, again, Apple uh, will be scrambling to resolve this, you know, before September when this thing has to be demoed. And um, again, I can't see them delaying this. I can't see them releasing the new iPhone saying we've got two great new features. We have, um, you know, we have wireless charging and we have um, 3D facial scanning uh, for authentication, neither of which are available. You have to wait two months until we figure out how to get the software working. Then, you know, they're not going to release it like that. They'll be better off delaying the phone completely and, 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 and having it ready for prime time because, you know, their competition really is the Galaxy S8. And by then we may see the, um, the new Galaxy Note and... Um, it's a good phone. It's a capable phone. And, and and as much as I'm not a fan of Samsung, the, and I'll admit you, I'm not a fan of Samsung, the, the company, um, it is a good phone. And um, it, it's not going to look good unless Apple sort this out. And so um, I hopefully they will sort this out. Hopefully this is all a red herring and we'll be blown away um, when, we, when we come to their their product event in September. But um, it, it's a curious story. I mean, you never really, um, you know, put the words panic and Apple together. And um, this is what they're saying. This is what industry insiders are saying that, all, all, you know, it's all panic stations right now. And it's crazy considering that this phone is speculated to be a premium phone starting at over a thousand pounds, starting at over a thousand pounds. It's just insane. So um, back to those. So now, now moving on to those contradictory uh, rumors concerning this iPhone. Um, there, like I said before, there's been a number of stories that have broken um, um, about the next gen iPhone. And um, so, first of all, we we are hearing that Apple are going to really push this 3D, um, this facial scanning technology, um, and they the reason why they're going to push it for it if you ignore the fact that i've just told you that there's panic stations at apple and their software for the 3d facial scanning is giving them problems ignore that i said that but the reason why they're going to push for this technology is because they haven't figured out how to put the touch id sensor underneath the screen on time they haven't done it um and it's very unusual for apple to concede defeat um and so um so so they're going to push for this thing. And my concern immediately is it, it doesn't matter if they resolve the software problems um, and this thing uh, is able to um, scan your face, um, recognize you and authenticate you on, on your device. How is it going to work in, in reality? Um, I can't imagine uh, that sort of authentication working as quickly as Touch ID Generation 2 sensor, which is pretty much instant. I touch the phone and, and the phone unlocks. Um, I would imagine there'd be a little bit of a lag. Um, and not only that, there are security concerns. Sam Samsung's implementation of this, of, of 3D um, facial scanning or, 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 or facial detection, with not quite 3D scanning, with the Galaxy S8, um, is unreliable. And it has been broken. It's been broken by someone um, literally um, placing the phone camera in in. in in, in front of um, a photo of someone and it's recognized someone's face in that way and unlocked the phone. Um, but obviously Apple, uh, a bit more security uh, minded and um, they wouldn't allow such a technology to be associated with that product if such a flaw existed. They would refine it and make it secure. But um, so 
my, but my question is, if this, if the main way of authenticating yourself on the next generation iPhone is through 3D facial scanning, which to me suggests that there will be a little bit of a lag when using it, how the heck is Apple Pay going to work? Yes, Apple Pay could still technically work. However, if you're in a rush, if you're on a self-service checkout, if you're at a normal checkout even, it's easier just to put your phone over the, the card reader um, and just rest your finger on the Touch ID sensor than to stick the phone in front of your face and have it look at you. Oh, no, it's a little bit too dark. Oh, no, there's a little bit of glare. Oh, no, the person just walked in front of me. I can't see that working. And I'll tell you what, the number one situation where I, I, I can't see this working very well is when using the tube. Right now, it's a dream to use Apple Pay um, if as, as your Oyster card, so to speak, uh, your contactless card. Um, you just, just walk up to the sensor and you put your phone there. The Apple Pay display springs into life. Hold down your finger and there you go. Apple, with the Apple Watch is even easier. You know, you double tap the button, rest your wrist on there and there you go. Again, busy tube station, rush hour, hundreds of people dashing back and forth. People just want to get out to, to their station or to the or get out of the station or to the platform on, on, to board the train. You've got lots of people behind you. No one's in a particularly good mood at the rush hour in London. And you're going to put your phone in front of your face so it checks your face and lets you through. Yet at the same time, you need to not necessarily make contact with the um, the oyster reader in that scenario, but you certainly need the phone to be in close proximity. How's it going to work? I can't see it working. So um, maybe Touch ID will remain on this phone. It may remain at the back of the phone, and Apple may say, oh, we have a sensor at the back for Apple Pay. Everything else you just use, you know, the phone scans your face. Maybe they'll do that. But um, we seem to have a little bit of evidence now. Um, on Twitter, um, we have a resident uh, parts leaker, uh, Benjamin Geskin. Um, this guy has um, leaked um, uh, photos from the Apple uh, um, you know, product lines um, uh, before. And he, I, I don't know what his, contact, his contacts are, but um, they're involved in the manufacturing of these things. Um, and basically, um, he had someone who passed him details and passed him a photograph of a number of smartphone um, front panels. Now, these look like they could be iPhones. Um, they are allegedly iPhones. These do not have an edge-to-edge -edge display. They have very, very thin bezels. Um, if you almost imagine like the new iPad Pro, certainly with the bezels along the side, but this in, in this case, the top and the bottom are, are thin as well. These are very thin bezels, um, but they're not edge to edge. Now, I don't think Apple would dare not release an edge to edge phone after Samsung have done so. And um, everyone is applauding them for their infinity display. Um, but nonetheless, these these are, are the units that he has revealed. And there seems to be a number of them. And accompanying that photo um, is a note, basically. Um, and the note comes from someone within a shipping company. Um, now, this person's job is to do safety inspections on batteries. And this person said that they opened um, the box with, with that contained um, um, these, these phone units. <laughs> 
and um and and obviously this this box was opened during uh, a customs and safety inspection um these units were destined to be en route to apple so there's your confirmation there that apple are involved with this and the um and basically the the um the the insider uh, claims that lately we've seen a huge influx of influx of the iPhones with touch ID on the back probably a, p a few pallets per day right and basically um they go on to say that you know they think this is interesting and these can't be test units due to the sheer number of these the, these panels uh, being sent um if there were test units there would literally be only a few uh, being shipped over but there are quite a significant number so it does suggest that uh, the new iphone will have a touch id sensor on the back and that's very disappointing and that's very un apple like um and again that fits in with the um the story that you know touch id will be ditched entirely in favor of facial recognition and fits in with the story that um the fact that the software driving the facial recognition isn't working reliably is causing apple to panic um and i can't imagine apple launching a phone without any means of using apple pay so um it it all sounds rather messy but to be fair, um, the leaker, who is not the person who took the photos, I might add, the leaker, who is Benjamin Geskin, um, has stated that he does not believe that this is the iPhone 8. I, this is the next generation, um, 10th anniversary, super duper new form factor iPhone that we've been waiting for. He believes that this is a so-called iPhone 7S model. Now it gets even more complicated because, um, as I said before, Apple, um, it seems that Apple are planning to release three models of iPhone this year. There is going to be a 7S, which is basically what many expected was going to have the same form factor as the iPhone 7, but with a spec, a spec bump. Um, a 7S Plus, a larger screen, and this iPhone 8 with edge-to-edge -edge display. So according to the leaker, he believes that these parts are genuine. They don't show an iPhone 8. They show an iPhone 7S. So the 7S itself will have a, a new form factor, uh, not an edge-to-edge -edge display, very thin bezels and touch ID at the back, which then implies that he believes that the iPhone 8 will not have touch ID at the back, but will have touch ID underneath the screen. It all sounds rather messy. Um, and I, I just don't know what to think anymore. Um, I don't know what to think. Um, it's going to be very interesting in September because no one knows what's going on. Perhaps Apple are being smart and deliberately creating all this confusion just so they can knock one out of the park and surprise us. I don't know. Um, but certainly what normally happens um, when, when we approach the, um, the release of a new iPhone, certainly at this point in the year, when we're waiting towards September, things start to become a bit more clearer. Uh, right now, things seem to be a bit more confusing. I, we just don't know what the heck's going on, but we're not supposed to know what's going on. This this product doesn't exist yet, as far as Apple are concerned. They haven't announced it. 
So it's completely hilarious for me to uh, let you know that there have been rumours about the 2018 series of iPhones as well. So, yeah, uh, Apple haven't announced the uh, 2017 model yet, but yet we also have rumours about the 2018 line of iPhones. And um, these rumours actually... Um, seem legitimate because they come from two separate industry uh, industry sources um, and both of which are independently claiming that Apple's uh, 2018 iPhone, so the one scheduled for the second half of 2018, will all have OLED displays. Right, so at, we know at the moment that the ones we're expecting this year, 2017, one of the models, the super premium model, will have an OLED display and the others are said to have uh, LED displays, but all three are going to have OLED displays next year. Now, there's a couple of interesting things about this. We know that this year we're going to probably see an iPhone 7S, an iPhone 7S Plus, and an iPhone 8. I don't think they're going to call it an iPhone 8 because I think that will cannibalize sales of the so-called 7S, even though this 8 is due to be a premium phone. I think the 8 will be um, called something else and it will be billed as a 10th anniversary edition of the iPhone. So basically to celebrate 10 years of the iPhone. Um, and I, I, I personally think thought thought I should say that's the way they were going to go with this until I heard this rumor that next year they also plan to have three models of iPhone now next year isn't a special anniversary it would be 11 years of iPhone but that's not a particular milestone so why still have three models well there are a number of theories um one of which could be that the third OLED model um, due next year is going to be an update to the app, uh, the iPhone SE. So that's the smaller four inch iPhone. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case. It's not impossible, but I don't think that's going to be the case. My theory now is that this iPhone this year that we're going to see, the one that everyone thinks is the 10th anniversary iPhone, um is basically not going to be billed as that either it's going to be billed as um an iphone pro i think this is where apple are going they're going to call it the iphone pro the pro line seems to, i was gonna say seems to work for them for the ipad i don't know if that's true but they seem to certainly be keen on it um so i think they're going to bill um this um this third iphone the, the premium iphone this year is an iphone pro and that would explain the existence of three models for 2018 you'll have your s model or your main model so it would be iphone i think next year would be let's just say 8s 8s plus and uh, a pro um and um, I can see them doing this. I can see them justifying the alleged £1,000 plus price tag um, in, in offering a pro model. I can see them putting a markup on specific accessories um, because it's, it's, it's a pro model. How popular a pro model would be, I don't know. Um, but that's, those are just my theories. Um, I mean, the whole thing, as I've said before, seems mighty confusing. But if you just think about what Apple have done with the product line of the iPad, um, that's essentially what they've got. They have um, um, two models of iPad um, and a Pro version. Is that right? Well, they did when they had the Mini. But, um, the, you know, I, I, I think that that's what they're going to do. Um, 
so we we shall see. Um, like I said, September is going to be mighty interesting. Um, do we need an iPhone Pro? I don't think we need an iPhone Pro. I can't imagine anyone. Why? What would you? What could you possibly do on a phone that um, would would require it to be a Pro device? I don't know. Maybe a superior camera. Um, we're not quite at uh, digital SLR standards yet. Um, what uh, what else do people do with phones that, that require a pro device? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, it's different with the iPad because you could argue that the pros are better equipped for um, uh, content creation because they have beefier processors, etc., etc. Um, they support the Apple Pencil, but I, you know I, I can't see how they would justify an iPhone Pro. I can see how they would justify a special edition celebrating ten years of the iPhone. Here's a look to the future. Here's some new innovations. Blah blah blah. I can see them doing that, but I can't. I don't at this stage know how they would spin an iPhone Pro, and I don't at this stage know who the target audience would be. Would it be enterprise executives? I'm not sure. Um, but September is going to be interesting, as I said. So I also wanted to talk to you um, about an impressive, uh, an impressive piece of technology, an impressive, um, um, an impressive uh, piece of software that Microsoft have actually released uh, for iOS, and it's available on the iOS App Store. Although I don't think it's available in the UK. Um, I think at the moment it's only um, available in the US. Um, but nonetheless, um, there are ways to open um, an American iTunes account. Just, 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 just do a bit of googling because I think this is worth looking at. Um, actually, yes. Yeah, so in the US, Canada, India, and Hong Kong, definitely not the UK as of yet. Um, but this is a piece of software. It's called C and AI, and it's um, I think it's more of a beta um, proof of concept at the moment. Um, it, it it it's a little bit rough around the edges, but it works rather well. Now, basically, this is um, Microsoft described this as an app a free app that narrates the world around you and it's actually designed for um the low vision community so basically those who are visually impaired um so I, I, it's not really um designed for those who are outright blind because it does require um some basic operation of the phone um it uses the phone's camera so it requires you to um study the device and and and, and aim at the object that you wish to uh, narrate to analyze and there are various things that you can look at you can um um analyze short pieces of text uh, and when you do that, the software speaks the text as soon as it appears in front of the camera and narrates it. You can analyze documents. Um, so basically, um, you can provide audio guidance to capture a printed page. Now, the way that works is you use iOS ShareSheet. Um, and if you have a document that's open, a Word document, a PDF or a web page, you can share that, uh, initiate the share sheet and send it to the app and the app will attempt to read and narrate that page um, or that document you can uh, identify products and my kids have been having fun playing around with this one um, you basically it's a barcode scanner um, and what it does it actually reads the product out to you and I've tried it on all sorts of things I've tried it on washing powder I've tried it on books and video games and um, the only thing it's failed to identify is a, a bottle of rum uh, that I picked up in Antigua um, but nonetheless it works rather well I mean I, I managed to identify 
um, some aerial washing pods and it told me what they were and it told me how many pods are in there and what type of wash they were for. I mean, obviously that, da that data is there in the barcode. Um, there obviously there's a database of these things as well. Um, but um, this could really help someone who's visually impaired picking up a product in a supermarket is unsure whether they've got the correct version of that product. Um, other things as well. Um, it um, There's an experimental feature where it can sort of describe the scene around you. If there are trees, if there are benches, it might describe it as a park scenery um and there is a feature coming soon for it to identify money uh currency just to make sure that those who are visually impaired are given the right amount of cash um when 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 doing transactions um it's very good it's excellent i i mean this is technology being used for good and i can see them refining this and i can see this um, perhaps being repackaged in a more convenient format for those who are visually impaired but it's a great start and it's, it's free so it's worth checking out just for you know even if you're, you know you're not visually impaired for the sake of just seeing how this technology um works um and it's using artificial intelligence um you know and it's, and it's, and it's using um cloud data and ai to to, to deliver and ident identify deliver these this narration and identify the items um, another feature is to recognize people now this is a very interesting one so um it um it, it can you put the camera in front of a person and it will tell you um it will try to identify if that person is a boy or a girl or a man or a woman it tries to even guess the person's age which i find quite curious so rather than just saying a small boy or or, or, or a big you know <laughs> a, i don't know a big teenager or whatever it will try to literally say an eight-year-old a ten-year-old or whatever uh, and also describe their try to describe their motion so it obviously analyzes their facial expression and it says looking neutral looking happy looking pensive looking sad etc um this is this type of thing that it's it you know you have to sort of see um and to get to get just a bit but what i will do is i will um put a link in the show notes um and there'll obviously a link to microsoft site and there'll be a download link from that page to take you to the ios store there are ways to uh, um, get a us account so again just google that um but um i'm going to do a little experiment now actually so i'm going to use um the app to identify um a picture of a person and to identify, um, a sh or rather to read um, a short passage of text. Now, what I will do in the show notes is I'm going to put a link to the picture of the person I'm telling it to identify, and you be the judge of whether you think it, it is given an accurate um, description or not. Um, I'm not going to doctor this in any way. I'm going to do it fair and square, even if it fails. Um, and also, I will take a photo of the short passage of text just so you can compare and to see whether it was accurate in narrating that text or not. Right, um, so let's begin with the picture. Product, Earth, one face near center, one foot away. One face near 69-year-old man wearing sunglasses looking neutral. Right, so apparently that was a 69-year-old man wearing sunglasses looking neutral. I'll put the link, you be the judge of that. Now I'm going to get the thing to read out a passage of text from a book or a magazine or something. Career Expo, the 25th of October, 2018. To Science Center 2608 Science Center Doctor, Panama, Florida. For more details, 
visit www.carrierexpo.com. So that's pretty cool, eh? Uh, so check that out. Let me let me know in the let me know actually in the comments on on our site, or drop me an email if you, you you're impressed with how accurate that is. But I think it's good technology, step in the right direction. And like I say, I like to hear about technology that can improve people's lives, help them out, rather than hearing about you know the latest fad in in, in social networking and, and what have you. So um, that is um, seeing AI by Microsoft. Again, I'll leave the link in the show notes. Well, thanks, guys. That's all we have for uh, this edition of The Intersection. And thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us yet again. Um, just want to say uh, that if you haven't subscribed to us properly yet, please do so. You can find us listed on all major um, uh, podcast directories. You can even find us on Tuned In Radio. Um, and those of you who uh, went crazy on Prime Day and bought new Amazon Echoes, you can actually ask Alexa to play The Intersection podcast. Um, we're also listed on the main podcast directory being iTunes. If you want to uh, keep up to date with uh, new episodes uh, through social networks, um, you can do so. Um, if you're a Facebook user, go to facebook.com slash intersectioncast. Uh, if you're a Twitter user, please follow us on at Let's Intersect. That's at Let's Intersect. Um, if you want to drop us an email, please do so. Uh, we'd like to hear your feedback. Um, you can drop us feedback or any questions, any queries, anything you want us to cover. You can drop us feedback at feedback at intersectioncast.com. Likewise, you can leave us a Skype voicemail. Our Skype, uh, voice, our Skype account is the same email address. That's feedback at intersectioncast.com. I'm John from Wildman signing off another episode of The Intersection. And until the next time... That's a wrap. The intersection.